How's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys know what it is. This is Kevin from the Cold Progression Podcast, brought to you by MSOTD Rocks, where rock and metal thrive. Happy right before Christmas, everybody. And I've got an incredibly great episode for you today because we're going all the way across to the other side of the world to Russia for this episode. And when I got in contact with this band, I got to listen to some of their stuff that just came out in 2020. And I was listening and thought, how the hell am I hearing about this now? Their sound is absolutely incredible. Russian metalcore. Holy crap. They mix Russian and English lyrics in there. So there's such a great mix in there. And this album is absolutely all over the place in terms of great quality. So we have the band Wildways and their lead singer Anatoly, or Toli for short, on the podcast today. And we talk about a great number of things from their music to the difference between the Russian mindset in terms of music, in terms of how lyrics are used versus American English. Then you go into a bunch of different stuff around the uh, album and also how this band is connected with YouTuber Nick Nocturnal. And yeah, you're going to want to listen to this one. This one is an absolutely incredible listen to, watch, whatever it might be. So please welcome Tolly for the band Wildways. Are you ready? Because you better be. Let's go. Yeah. Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of the Core Progression podcast, we've got some amazing metalcore from the other side of the world compared to where I am right now. When I first got sent this album that came out in 2020, I'm like, okay, let's see what it's like. And I literally was listening to it just thinking, holy crap, how the hell is no one in America listening to this right now? So if you aren't, you're going to want to. So please welcome from the band Wildways, Anatoly. So Anatoly, welcome to Core Progression Podcast. Hello, everybody. I'm really enjoying to be here right now. It is a really cozy evening for me in Russia. Thank you. My pleasure for inviting me in your podcast. I'm happy to have you here as well. And you're one of the first people to really say thank you for having me on the podcast at the beginning. Usually everyone (laughs) waits till the end. So I'm getting a little bit of a good feeling coming right away. I I think it's Russian mentality or something. (laughs) It might be. I'm not entirely sure. Maybe with American mentality, it's just, all right, we're going to wait till the end to do this. We're just going to want to jump into this right away instead of give the whole thank you right at the beginning. So feeling loved right now. (laughs) Nice. Nice to hear it. But before we really jump into it, there's something I always like to start out with, and it's for people to get in the know with who you are. So I want you to introduce yourself with your name, what you do in the band, and my favorite thing of all time is I want to know a little fun fact about yourself. However, I always like the fun fact to be the craziest thing that you can think of to really set you apart from everybody else. Um, I'm Anatoly. I'm a singer in a band Wildways all the way from Russia Mother. Um, you know, it's like, it's fun fact. Okay, fun fact. Um, my first band ever in my entire life was Backstreet Boys. So right now I'm metalcore, metalcore singer. It's a fun fact. <laughs> you started out with a boy band and then went into what ended up being a metalcore singer. Well, that is one heck of a transition, man. But actually, I've... actually, I was always telling to my mom, "Hey, mom, when I was uh, when I grow up, I will be seen in Backstreet Boys." I just was thinking that it's uh, like a forever band or something. Yeah, well, and it's after about like five, six years, they end up splitting up, going their different ways. But with all those boy band groups, which is what they're considered, bands like In Sync, One Direction. 
after yeah, a while yeah, they're yeah, always yeah, going to yeah. end up breaking up because all those different art all those different singers are going to want to go do their own thing try something completely new and not be attached to that group all the time yeah and then instead of singing Backstreet Boys lyrics, you're singing metalcore lyrics, both in Russian and in English as well. So that really also does set you apart in terms of the ability that you have in order to reach different audiences. Because if you stuck primarily in Russian with your vocal with your lyrics, what ended up happening is, is like you are right now, you're pretty big in Russia because I was taking a look at the stats right now on Spotify. I got to pull them up real quick because I do not want to mess this up as we are recording this. Your monthly listener count is at 192,192. I wasn't going to say the second part of that, but because it was 192,192, I felt like it'd be hilarious to add that in there due to the fact that it just really lines up really nicely. But what that what the English ends up doing is it ends up allowing people that really understand English better, like in Western Europe and here in the United States as well, even in Canada, Australia, places that predominantly speak, speak that language, it allows us to easily get more attached to your music because we can figure out a couple of things a lot easier when it comes to the meanings of the songs and how we relate to the sounds that you're trying to put out in those songs as well. You know, like you said, there's a mountain and I and I'm and I'm totally sure that the our listeners of Spotify, it's like um, 85% or 75%, it's all the way from Russia. So it's just a it's just amount of Russian uh, uh, listeners. So I'm not sure how much uh, how much fans we we really have like uh, outside the borders, but um, I really looking forward to increase it as soon as possible. I'm, I'm happy that you already know about Wildways. That's a, like a first step to success. <laughs> that that always is the first step to success is getting somebody from <laughs> a completely different part of the world to understand. No, no, no. It's always it's always first steps to success to getting you and the fans. <laughs> oh, okay. I see what you're going with. I was like, even after I listened to this, I actually sent uh, your song Event Horizon to one of my friends because oh, really? like, him and I always listen to all this stuff all the time. We're always talking about this. He's always sending me different music. He's always sending me a lot more music with a lot more prominent artists in metalcore, metal and hard rock because that's what he listens to. I'm always sending him stuff that isn't necessarily as well known because this is what I'm doing. So I'm always in the know with this kind of stuff. And I had to send it to his way. I'm like, think I said, buddy, you have to listen to this. It is intense from the beginning, but the clean vocals on it are absolutely incredible at the same time as well. And right after he listened, this is what he messaged me. He looked at me and said, all right, man, now I got to check out this whole album because if that's the way it is, and then we were listening up at the same time as well. And we were just kind of comparing and contrasting notes on the same time on what we thought of it, what we thought of each song. So there was this consistent going back and forth between it, but that's how it all starts when it comes to getting your band more notoriety in a different part of the world is it takes one person and it just starts sharing it, just start listening to it and bouncing it back and forth between all these different places. Yeah, you like uh, our United States distributor right now. It's <laughs> nice to hear it. Absolutely nice to hear it. Did you notice that uh, clean vocals inside that song sings in Russian sometimes? I actually did because one thing I ended up doing was I had to go and take a look at the lyrics as well because I wanted to try and figure out what the meme of the song was. And I saw on the music video that the lyrics were in the description. So I was able to kind of see what parts they were in there. And when I saw that some parts were in Russian, I'm like, huh? They huh? Really, I'm like, not only did they mix both. It's just, it's just, in, it's just always interesting for me uh, 
try to understand what uh, foreign people uh, feel on this uh, listening jam in these parts. And did you notice that uh, like we have like a four or three songs full in Russian? And what do you feel in this place? How I, how how you feel it? How you feel it? How it sounds uh, for you like? Well, it's it's gonna be interesting because I might go on a little bit of a rant here, but it'll explain everything as it goes along. So when I was listening to the music and I was listening with my buddy as well, when we were listening, there were a couple of different things we were thinking about, and one of the biggest things was. When you were using your uh, vocals and using your lyrics all in Russian, one thing that we understood a little bit more was that the emotion that you were trying to express through the pitch, through the tone, and through the lyrics really amplified a lot more than English. And the reason we thought that was because with your native language being Russian, it's going to have this natural feel to it for you. So you're going to understand different tones, different dialects a lot better. So when you put them out there, it's going to be a lot easier for us to understand the emotion, the feeling, even if we're not understanding any of the words. Mm -hmm. And that's always one big thing I'm, I'm huge on in metalcore where the unclean vocals and the clean vocals, they're not just used as expressing the words. They're also used as expressing emotion. They're used as their own instrument at the same time as well, because it helps amplify whatever emotion, whatever feeling the song is trying to put out. When it came to some of the English stuff, though, it did do that, but it just didn't do it sometimes as heavily. However, on a song like Event Horizon, no matter what you did, whether it was unclean in Russian, clean in English, some un some clean in Russian at the same time as well, both the transitions between those, it felt very fluid at that point. So everything flowed together real nicely. It was really easy to listen to and also really easy to get into. That's why I like listening to that song first, because... It was an introduction to the band for me, and it just threw me right into it. And I was super duper happy about it because <laughs> I think I've been listening to that song for because I think I got the album sent to me like three or four days ago. And I've probably listened to that song, shoot, six, seven times over the past like th three or four days each. So it's been like about 30 times oh. I've listened to it. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I'm not kidding, man. I'm not kidding. Yeah, it's it's. It's it's real nice to hear from me. You know, like a uh, well time ago, I've seen like uh, one um, uh, American comic, and he was like he was joking about any different languages, and he was joke uh, he was joking about Russian, and he, and he said like Russian sounds always frightening. <laughs> Is it really sounds frightening inside the songs? Because all these songs like it's it's kind of like romantic songs. It's like all about love or something, and it's like a super sad. Uh, feelings for you for kids uh, is it really sounds frightening in the songs um i would say in the unclean vocals when you go with it there are times where it does sound frightening however with the unclean vocals you're naturally going to have that happen that happens in english that happens with unclean vocals that are in german as well and that's one thing i've talked about on the podcast before with some yeah other german bands. german german as well yeah that's one thing i've talked about on the podcast with other bands which is when people are listening to music and people are listening to different languages in music as well. Why are some things, especially with rock and metal, why are some languages that have a little bit more of this harsher, more consonant, hard pronunciation sound to their dialects, more prominent in the style, such as German, such as Russian. It's just because the emotion that's able to be brought out through the pronunciation of those words really matches up, especially with those unclean vocals at the same time as well. So that's why it really works out, especially when you go unclean in Russian. I got you. I got you. Nice. Yeah. So it's something where it's, I've talked about this before. I've thought about this plenty of times. Did you time. translate something? Could I? Did you translate something? 
Um, I actually didn't translate anything due to the fact that I was trying to. Yeah, also, like... That was an interesting question for me because uh, for people in Russia and okay, so music industry, music taste in Russia works absolutely different in different ways. For us, for Russians, it's like all the way more like poems, you know. And for just usual Russian audience, it's super important to put really big meaning, big sense, and big message inside the lyrics. And I noticed that um, in United in U.S. music, it's it's like a it's it's not it's not like a main problem, you know. Like for you guys, you you try and you always catching by uh, melodies by arrangements right and for you guys uh, it's all uh, it's always more important to feel the good melodies and good vibes and uh, but it's not like too important to, to get all the right message and sense is it right that's a really interesting way to think about it because i've never thought i never even thought about what yeah i noticed that like a long time ago already I, I don't know. Probably I'm uh, I'm mistaken or something. I'm not sure you're entirely mistaken or even if you are mistaken at that point, because I'm going to just talk through it real quickly, even with myself, with you as well, so that I can better understand it. Maybe you can better understand it. When it comes to music here in the United States, especially I'm going to talk about more popular music. So you're thinking about pop music, hip hop, rap, some of the pop country stuff. That's about mental core music and post hardcore music. I, I was, I'm, I'm just, I'm going to get there at some point. So just bear yeah, with me. Sorry. So like with more of the stuff that's really popular, that's being played all over all the popular music radio stations, it's all based on melody and how the song makes you yeah. feel good. But when it comes to rock and metal, like metalcore, post-hardcore and other genres within there, what I've seen is it's the deep, like the songs that have those super duper deep meanings and are very poetic at times don't yeah. really resonate as well. The only time they really resonate as well is when the emotion of the song, when you are hearing the instrumentation, how that matches up with the overall theme of the lyrics in the song. So on, I'm trying to think of a good example. So on a song like a song called Above My Head by the band Polaris, they're out of Australia. Yeah, yeah. They're like the whole entire song is about struggling to cope with depression when you feel like it's overwhelming you and you have no way out of it. And you're wondering if you're weighing over your head and if that's if you should continue on or not. And the way that the unclean vocals sound, the way that the guitars sound and then you get to, in the verses when you get to the chorus, the Napoleonic style of those guitars bring out more of this cry for help kind of feel to it. So it does have a deeper meaning. It's not super poetic at the same time. But it is deep, and for someone who's gone through a lot of that stuff, I've felt that entirely, and I connect with the song on that front. So for, I think here in the U.S. especially, it's more about how those sounds all blend together and really amplify the emotion of the message that's coming out in the lyrics and not really listening to the lyrics fully themselves. Okay, I got you. And I'll say in because you said in Russian, it said it's a little bit, di it's different where it's everything it's is a, really. In Russia, you can't, like, you know, you know, like a lot of great uh, writers just came from Russia, right? Like yeah. uh, a lot of great uh, writers. And um, it, it, it goes just like from uh, 18th, 19th, and 20th century right now you can't just put a great message inside the song you just need to to make it like genius like you know i like just put it all together you can you you you, you can't make it simple in russia you can't make it because uh, it's like in russia it's like uh, 
you you can get some disrespect on that you 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 have to do it like super deeply super with not regular words you know in russia like it's like a it's like a, like not not official musical music rules in russia right now Okay, so it seems like a good way to describe it would be you have to really understand because like- I every time I'm I'm reading like uh, foreign uh, foreign songs uh, lyrics, I'm catching myself on the idea that it's it's pretty similar. Some every every time it's like it looks like pretty similar, like it's always uh, it's always uh, the same words. It's always the same uh, like I don't know uh, rhymes. It's always the same and. Uh, I would say that Russian language, it's all the way more bigger. It's all the way more bigger. It's like, it's huge, insanely huge. And if if in your own language, you you just have no chances to say it's simple right now in here. I don't know why. I mean, from what it sounds like is, especially if you're catering to a more Russian audience, that the lyrics have to be a lot more poetic and you have to understand the yes. different rhyme schemes yeah. and everything and how you can manipulate that to really stand out in terms of this overall complexity within your words that here in the US that that just isn't a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean that that's one thing I'm really interested in now because it's two completely different parts of the world and it's two completely different th- thought processes behind music as well and two completely different cultures and how they relate to them so this is something interesting to see where a band like yours really comes into this foray where you have this incredible metalcore sound that really can work out well in terms of a western sound like from england from the united states think of bands like bring me the horizon day remember bands like that like having that like having a harder heavy sound to really work with it However, you're also playing in Russia as well, so the lyrical content has to match that as well. And to really grow within both places, you have to understand how both of those pieces can work together in order to create the best song possible, not only to be successful over in Russia, but also successful to an outside audience as well. Mm -hmm. So when it came to your newest album, um, is it it pronounced Anna or Anna? Because it's... I, 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 in Russia, it's right Anna. Or I think it's like different countries. I think British, it's uh, Anna, or British Anna, American Anna. I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I don't know, but it's like I it was. I was like it's gonna be one or the other. I knew it was gonna be pronunciation, but I thought it was gonna be Anna at first because for some reason I just thought it might be that way. So our, our American producer called it Anna. Okay. But when it came to writing Anna, which I will call it Anna because that's what you guys call it. So I want to be <laughs> sick with what you guys are calling it. What was writing this album like in terms of making sure that you had the heavy sound that you wanted, but also making sure that you had the deep lyrical content and the um, more complex uh, word schemes and rhyme schemes to make it really successful for that Russian audience? Uh, sorry, one more time. Just lost you for a second in the end. Okay. So what was it like writing this album? in terms of the overall concept behind the sound, because the sound is rather dynamic at the same point as well. But what was it also like writing the lyrics to make sure that they matched up with what you guys were expected in terms of the Russian audience? Oh, um, um, like, you know, this album, it was like a huge work since uh, already like 2000, uh, 2019. And, Actually, for us, uh, this is the first album where I just um, 
I was inviting my super close friend to to help me with lyrics because in some point I realized that for me especially uh, it's really hard to write lyrics on Russian. <laughs> it's always easy for me to write lyrics on on English because I was a, I, I grew up on English music on American music and my my ears just already used to. And I never, I never heard a lot of Russian music to get inspired, to, to be inspired by. And it was like a really big problem for me to, to write something in Russian because like in some point I just realized, oh, wow, I'm 28. I play in like a pretty famous Russian band, but I can't say something in Russian. What's fucking going on, <laughs> you know? And it was really weird for me. So this, that's the album. Um, where my close friend was joining this part and I just wrote Russian lyrics together with my close friend and I would say if I I would never I would never finish it without him and the interesting uh, part of this album that's um, I always was dreaming about to write some lyrics about uh, not only by my experience about some, ex someone's experience so that um, we have like two songs on each album on this album where my close friend told me a story, told me his like a sad story, heartbroken story. And we just write these songs uh, based on his story. And we just put it all together on the album. And uh, this, I think this is really interesting for me. I'll say that is really interesting, especially writing lyrics in Russian with your close friend as well to un make sure that when it comes to the proper, like proper working of things and making sure that it really fits in well for the type of audience that you're going to be working with in Russian, that it's going to come out so that it doesn't sound simple, that it sounds complex in that style. But then with yourself growing up on um, heavier music, that's more English based in terms of like American heavy metal, American metal core, British heavy metal, British metal core. There I go starting to ramble on again, but Focusing on that, what that's going to end up doing for you is that's going to give you a deeper understanding of that kind of music and that kind of style where your friends can have a deeper understanding of the Russian style of it as well. Yeah. And when you guys come together, then you're able to understand different pieces and how they work with each other. So when it comes to trying to create some transitions between Russian and English, you're going to know how these transitions are able to work because you guys are working together. You understand the languages on both sides and how, okay, maybe we have to go this certain way with Russian so that all of a sudden, right when it ends, it's a smooth transition into the English lyrics and it doesn't feel like anyone's getting lost in terms of the words, but not only that, but also in how the emotion is being transferred from the Russian language to the English language. Uh, it's, it's interesting question because, um, uh, okay. So uh, we have some Russian uh, songs on this album and we have some uh, fully English, like almost English songs on this album. And um, with uh, Russian lyrics was helping me like my close friend, the English lyrics, um, uh, our producer and camera myself from Nashville, Tennessee right now, we just actually was uh, was recording this album in Nashville, uh, January, uh, yeah, this year of January. And um, I just, I, I, I always write some, uh, any English lyrics because uh, when I, uh, when I'm jamming like my instrumentals, demos, I always trying to sing something like on a, on uh, not exist language, you know, like what's blah, 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 or something. So sometimes I just put some uh, English words inside that and trying to put it all together, trying to feel the vibe of it. And um, uh, we was writing the English lyrics with our producer in Nashville and um, we like feel it. Okay, this is a, this is a like catchy moment. We have to put it in Russian 
because it's supposed to be really interesting. And we're trying to make Russian words, uh, but rhyming with English words. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, that's that's gotta be and tough as all hell. And it's and it's this is a really interesting uh, transfer, and because uh, different language rhyming and but in the same sense, you know, like I don't know, but this is a really interesting experience. We just we just. It, it was like it was like idea and right now we just feel it like yeah that works that's uh, that's really interesting to put it all together actually you know a japanese band from one okay rock um japanese to... band what is a band called one okay rock yeah yeah one okay rock i've heard the name but usually whenever i think of a japanese heavy metal band i'm always thinking of bands like cold rain crystal lake and of course yeah, baby yeah. metal so this is a rock band, and uh, I was noticed that uh, that thing uh, first time by them. So I was like, "Wow, they put it all together, Japanese and English. This is an idea." <laughs> <laughs> so you know, like this is an idea because I'm I'm not a big fan um, to make Wild Ways only on English because we already did it. We already did it a lot of times on our previous albums. And I just realized if we will sing something on English, like full English, this is not who we are because we are not English speakers, right? So we have to put some Russian words inside our songs because this is who we are. And probably it's all the way more interesting um, for foreign listener to hear it because, uh, okay, so you guys have a huge uh, postcard call bands in your country and in Europe and United Kingdom. And... You know, like it's pretty hard to be noticed by someone because post hardcore metal core, it's, it's always sometimes it sounds the same, right? Yeah. Like, and uh, yeah, this is a this is a key. This is for us. This is a key because uh, we we have to say to the world, this is who we are. We're Russians. We're Russian mafia. We sound threatening or something. You know, like so. This this is supposed to be interesting for them. So I don't know. But one thing it does do is it gives you guys a rather, and I'm going to start speaking more economically, it gives you more of a competitive advantage in the marketplace versus a lot of other metalcore bands in the scene. And the reason that is, is because you are prime, your, your native tongue is Russian. So you have that native influence in there. And you're, if you're going to be able to bring in Russian into your music and mix it with English at the same time as well, you're opening yourself up to potentially different rhyme schemes, different emotions at the same time as well that are expressed through your dialects in terms of okay when it's spe when you're speaking russian and you go with some unclean vocals it can sound super angry super aggressive super rough and you can really get some of that across from there however when you speak in english even if you have a little bit more of a russian accent added on to it those different just slight changes in pronunciation can change a word around immensely and i'm always a big fan of telling bands this where it comes to if when it, when it comes to just um speaking the English, if you're a Nash or your original language is from a different language, making sure to continue to use whatever, however you're going to pronounce it. Don't try and pronounce it like super duper correctly, because sometimes that native tongue can just really amplify a word in English in a completely different way that works so much better on a song. Can, can I ask you something? Absolutely. Um, you know, like uh, always we are released the, we're releasing the album uh, in the Russian social media. We have like a lot of guys, a lot of kids who uh, leaving us a commentary is like, oh, fucking Russian accent or something, you know? And we always, uh, we're always thinking that that's good. Actually, this is a good, you are not English speaker and you have to sing with accent, right? So my question to you, do you guys really, um, 
important for you to hear that this is not native English speaker singing this song. Do you guys good with accent? Any uh, any Italian accent, Russian accent, German accent? Do you, is it good for you? How you feel it? Because I'm I noticed that you listen in a lot of European music as well. Yeah, what what it comes to me with European music, it's I just love the fact that from especially like the Italian metalcore bands because that's pretty much where I stuck in most of the time because bands like Stain the Canvas, Eline, Deep as Ocean, Dead Like Juliet, those um upon this dawning, it's certain uh dialects and certain accents that they have when it comes to pronouncing some English words, it just makes it sound a lot different, but it also really amplifies the sound in a different way. So when it comes to normally here in the United States, I would say for the most part, I'd say people are rather split on it when it comes to some people really would enjoy it. Some people are just like, oh, it, because they don't normally speak English and now they've got this different accent on English. Oh, it doesn't sound right. It, it's going to be hit or miss, but there's a lot of times where bands from different countries or specifically I'll use uh, England and Great Britain as well because there's definitely an English accent that is completely different from any American accent at the same point as well. However, there's times where people listen to those bands, like I'm using some I'm using some harder example, like Bring Me the Horizon, Bury Tomorrow, Architects, where sometimes, especially with more of a clean vocal, you can hear a little bit of that style come out and people absolutely love it. So it basically, it all depends upon personal taste at that point. But I would say for the most part, it it basically is, I would say, when it comes to speaking English, continue, don't try and force an English pronunciation in there. If it doesn't seem natural, if it seems like natural for you to pronounce it in a different way, yeah. go for it because it can create something absolutely incredible. I mean, take a look at Rammstein, for example, there's time, I, like most time they speak in German, but because they continue to use that sound, it absolutely works from even over here in the U S where in 2020, if it wasn't for the pandemic, they were supposed to be playing a massive arena tour or not even just arenas, but stadium tour. So playing different football stadiums and uh, even like some coliseums. It's like, holy crap, people really love this stuff. And if they wouldn't love Rammstein, if Rammstein would try to do everything in an English style or an American style, it's sticking to that style really helped them out. And I always believe in sticking to what you believe in because it's going to allow you to bring out a lot more of yourself in the music. And that's what people really connect with is when you are speaking and when you're singing, how people can connect to the story that you're trying to tell within that music. And while it might not be exactly the same thing that they went through, the emotions might be the same. So there's the connection there. It's all about getting that positive connection. And again, sometimes saying English words with the Russian accent and how they pronounce, how it's pronounced a little bit differently, that can absolutely be a gigantic asset to you guys. So it can be a huge plus in terms of your music. Yeah. Nice. I think like already in a, 2020 the english like okay this is an international language right and it's already like so much is distorted so much like it seems like there is no single correct language english language right now it's in every country it's different correct like english you know <laughs> like british english american english oh yeah it definitely is different i mean those i mean between british english and American English, even Australian English at the same time as well. Oh, because I've, 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 I've spoken with Australian bands as and well. And it's just a long it's time ago, a long time ago, I've been in Scotland and it was wow. I just, <laughs> yeah, I just didn't understand anything they said. 
well, cause I, it was last year in 2019, I was in Croatia for a little bit and it was, it was interesting always trying to talk with people as well as they spoke English and it's, there's always a, di- there's always a base there that I can work with. But there are times it's like people did, it's like, okay, this is going to be interesting to try and get my work, my way around here, find my way around, see what happens. And then I wound up going to Amsterdam for like two days. And well, luckily a lot of people spoke English over there, so I didn't have a problem, but it was still something where it's just how people use different words. It's always going to be different across all different areas. So you could have a song where just the way that you're saying certain things, it could really resonate well with a British audience, but it could completely fail over here in America. But then on the other hand, you could write you could write a different song and all of a sudden it could be a smash hit over here in America because just the way that you said it absolutely works. In Britain, it probably it might fail, but that's just all with the differences in there. You can try so many things that's with the fact that there is no one set English in terms of dialect, you can do so many different things. You can try so many different things and it can connect with so many different audiences. You're not gonna connect it with the same audience each time, but you're gonna have a chance to connect it with a large group of people that speak that language. Yeah, you're right. You're right, man. Then so I'm happy why... that Russian accent works for you. <laughs> it 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 does, and I most and again, I think a lot of times is it depends upon the accent, depends upon the overall feel of the music as well. Because I have a lot of friends that really like Latin music as well, so a lot of a lot more of that like Mexican, Spanish, more of that kind of music. So it's a little bit more. Uh, re- I'm trying to think what's a good way to put it, like reggae in a way or i'm not sure exactly how to describe it but yeah reggae yeah that's a good way to put it actually but it's just with the way that spanish is spoken in those countries and hearing it on music it's just that dialect flows so nicely within there and would it work very well on like a like a metal or heavy metal hard rock metalcore sound probably not just because whenever you're thinking of that language when you think of when you think of that country that those languages come from you're thinking of a warmer weather thing you're thinking of something more relaxing so you're really not getting that heaviness to it but when you think of english english can pretty english can go a lot of different ways but i when i'm thinking of russian and german i'm gonna throw german in there as well because it's perfect for the comparison in this when you hear the language again like i said there's a lot of hard consonant sounds in there so you're gonna get this roughness to it and it bring it feels like it brings out a lot of anger as well. And when you're doing hard rock and heavy metal with some of those down tuned instruments, those heavy hits on the drums, those double bass kicks, just having that innate heaviness to it when you sing, oh my god, it just adds so much more to it. And that's why those those um, languages that have harder sounds to them work so much better in a rock and metal way. Uh, you're talking about like German and Russian comparison. I'm what I'm doing is I'm comparing those two in terms of how the languages sound mm. to someone to someone who doesn't speak those languages where you hear a lot of hard constant so it's not something that's very flowing something that's kind of also abrupt at the same time and just having that little bit of abruptness also creates yeah, yeah. a little bit more of this anger yeah. to it and that's where having the vocals heavy vocals in Russian and German and English as well in hard rock heavy metal metalcore post hardcore it just works out so well because it matches up with what the instrumentation is also doing. <laughs> yeah, this is a key actually. So, okay, the, the new roles of uh, the world metal core, you got to sing in Russian or in German, you can choose it. And it, you, can cho- you can sing Russian, you can sing German, you can sing English, whatever it might be. It just, those languages, they just have this, again, innate heaviness to them that just works so well when you're hearing All guitars way, chugging along real hard. <laughs> Or you're having some super duper double bass kicks. It works so well. <laughs> yeah. 
And 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 one thing is when you understand that as well, it opens up so many possibilities to you, especially for you guys as well, being native Russians as well, due to the fact that, like we were talking about earlier, you have a so much deeper understanding of the language. And when you're trying to mix Russian and English at the same time and make words in Russian rhyme with words in English, that is a huge task. Do not get me wrong. It is not easy. But if it was easy, everyone would do it. And that's something that can easily set you apart in terms of high quality from other metalcore bands, not only in Russia, not only in Europe, but all over the world. I got you. And I just kind of ranted there for a little bit, but I don't care. Me too. <laughs> That's the way it's supposed to be, though. And it's something that I never would have even thought about any of that if it wasn't for talking to you on this podcast in terms of like what you're talking about with Russian, with how the lyrics have to be written in a certain way to have this deeper, more poetic meaning to really work versus here in America, how that works. And then also just the different sounds, all this stuff. I never would have even thought of that had we not had this kind of a conversation. So that's why I love doing these podcasts. I learned so much more that I had no idea about. So woo. yeah, from absolutely different part of the world. Yeah. And then also it's like in the same time, then you get a perspective of someone from the other part of the world as well. So it's just kind of matching that up. And then Hopefully this also is able to get you guys to think about something going forward in terms of maybe a new music when you guys start working on that and how you guys can use the fact that you're English, you have English words and Russian words in your music and how you can really work them together to create something incredible at the same time as well. It's a thought process that you guys can already have and be working on. And if it works, it works. And if you're writing something and you don't feel it doesn't work, then go on to the next thing because, or try something different. That's the way it is. For us, it, for us, it doesn't important works it or not because the the Russian language is who we are. So I already, I already said it to you. Like, we, we, I think we will never sing uh, full English anymore. <laughs> and I mean, because you guys, did you guys sing full English on anything on Anna? Because I don't think you did, but I just want to be sure. Yeah, no, no, no. We already our first album was full on English. I'm talking about just on uh, Anna, the last album. Oh no, 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 no. It's it's almost like, but not like uh, just a couple phrases on a uh, Russian inside the songs, yeah, yeah. But again, sometimes those inc- those work out really well. So it you're always bringing that in. That's gonna be something that as your band continues to grow outside of Russia, that's gonna be something that is unique to you guys that no one else is gonna have. Absolutely, and that's that's really something that you guys can use in terms of. I was going to say marketing your band and, and promoting your band outside of the uh, outside of Russia as well, because I can think of some bands that bring in some different kind of languages into their heavy metal metalcore, but no one gets crossed my mind outside of Wild Ways right now that would do it with Russian. So there is definitely I an think, I think Slaughter to Prevail from Sumerian Records. Do you know Slaughter to Prevail? I do know Slaughter to Prevail, but I don't listen to really much of their stuff. So that's probably yeah, why I, think, I, I have I no idea. Do, I think they do the same right now. Well, dang, I'm going to check out Slaughter Prevail. But then one thing that you can use as well is if it works out for them, then it's just you're getting people are already exposed to the idea of it. And then you guys come along and you maybe do it even more so than they have because you guys are native Russian. So it brings out a lot more of a possibility to even grow your band over here in the United States. Sorry, one more time. I'll say it gives you a lot more of a potential to grow your band over here in the United States because people have already opened up the idea. Yeah, I hope for that. I hope for that. I mean, I hope so too, because again, after listening to that album, I was just thinking, 
okay, there's got to be a way to help these guys get bigger over here because, <laughs> my God, people got to listen to this stuff, man. I can't wait already. This is my the, the, my biggest dream to sometime to play shows in the United States because we already play shows in Japan and United King, Kingdom and Europe, but never play shows in the United States. So this is my biggest dream, I guess, right now. Um, and even once uh, this whole entire pandemic ends and bands start going on tour, because pretty much every band is going to try and go on tour once this whole entire thing ends due to the fact that been, it's going to be almost a year, it seems like, from beginning to end of this in terms of what I'm seeing right now due to the fact that there's been vaccines that are being supposedly being released by the time this podcast released. But as we're shooting this, they're being going through the approval process. I've seen bands like bring me the horizon, start posting stuff about concerts and uh, yeah, or, uh, actually like in May and June. Yeah. They, they posted two days ago, like they will play shows in Russia, like 10 shows in Russia in the May already. I, I, I think that like, it's a big risk for them right now. Oh yeah, it's 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 a it's a risk, but it's also something that brings up a lot of hope as well, due to the fact that yeah, it seems like because yeah, yeah. what I've seen over here in the United States in terms of what the, what uh, I've seen on the news in terms of what the government is saying is that when it comes to the vaccine uh, rollout, if everything goes correctly, we could have a, a good chance of starting to get back to normal in terms of everything being open towards full capacity, live music coming back, people attending sporting events again, somewhere between mid mid to late April. So when I've seen Bring Me the Horizon start announcing tours and shows for May and June, is it risky? Yeah, because anything can happen. However, it does pro provide a lot of hope for people going forward. What's the closest days, uh, dates uh, for you in the United States? Uh, United States will play shows someone um shoot i have no idea right now pretty much what i'm seeing is every no one is setting up any sort of tour right now so nobody the, will play so nobody playing right now the shows in the united states right yeah pretty much it's if if there are bands that are playing shows right now it's very small venues and it's a lot more the uh smaller upcoming emerging bands i've actually interviewed a good amount of them that are having these shows but i would say you're never seeing shows that are over like 100 150 people anymore it's just because of everything that's going on with the virus. And there's a lot of bands that I want to go and see that I was planning on going to see. But of course, those shows got canceled or rescheduled due to the fact that I was going to go be, I was going to see these shows and then we were going to have at least two to 3,000 people at these shows. So those kind of shows with bands like As I Lay Dying, Sleeping with Sirens, Amity Affliction, I'm trying to think of a couple others that got canceled on me, um, Breaking Benjamin. There's probably a bunch more that I'm forgetting now. Uh, we came as Romans. 100 people? What was that? They played shows for 100 people? No, um, those bands that I just mentioned, they'd be, they normally they will be playing at, here where I'm from, Milwaukee, they're playing at a place called The Rave. They'd be playing the ballroom setting, which can hold around 3,000 people. So they'd be playing there. So they canceled or postponed those because, yeah. they, because they're not going to play a smaller venue. I've seen bands play smaller venues as well, but they don't nearly have the reach or the listenership that those bands do. So in terms of people going out to see them, it's like a hundred to 150, maybe. Mm. We already like, uh, we just canceled. Oh, like a 30 dates. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it was, it was a, like a huge Russian tour. It was a lot of uh, big festivals all this, all this summer just completely just situation just completely changed and this this year like uh just blows our minds it's it's crazy 
it's blowing everyone's mind at this point because it's just it yeah things keep going on and on and on it seems like there's stuff that's trying to get better then the stuff gets worse it's and then and not only that but especially over here in the united states i've talked about other bands as well where live music can't go on but people are able to pack the grocery stores pack the bars pack the restaurants as well and it's just like well why can we do certain things and why can't we do certain things in terms of like apparently oh an overall transmission they're have the exact same kind of level so i don't want to get into too much of that but when it comes to coming over the u.s potentially either 2021 or 2022 what i was going to say to you anatoly was there's gonna be a lot of bands especially those bigger bands like the ones i had mentioned they're going to be going on tour because they've been able to tour for over a year at that point if it does happen to be may or june of 2021 it's going to be over a year a year and three months so bands are going to be trying to tour as much as possible and they might be trying to find a lot of opening acts or bands that had tours scheduled for 2020. They're trying to redo them in 2021. Their opening acts might change. I'll use Hollywood Undead as an example where they're supposed to go on tour with Bad Wolves, Fire from the Gods, and From Ashes to New. And From Ashes to New was supposed to be the opener. After everything that's happened during the during 2020 with how From Ashes to New has grown, there is no way that From Ashes to New is going to be opening up that show. They could be going and doing their own thing. So in terms of something like that, that could be an opportunity for Wild Ways to try and find their way into one of those major tours as well, especially if the sound matches up in terms of the placement on the tour and how the overall energy is going to be impacted. So you could possibly get on a tour with, let's just say, um, I'm just going to try and think of a good band to bring up just as an example. Let's just use Bring Me the Horizon as an example, because I know I know I saw something where you guys had some connection with them. Did you guys ever play with Bring Me the Horizon at some point? Because I thought I saw yeah, that yeah. online. Yeah, yeah, actually, this year, three times in Moscow, St. Petersburg, and Kiev. Holy shit, that's awesome. <laughs> you, you was asking, like, just, just you was just asking? <laughs> well, no, I, I was going to use it as an example, I want, but because I thought I saw that you guys had played with them at some point. I wanted to ask the question. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to yeah, be yeah, sure. yeah. We played three stadiums. But what I was going to say with Bring Me the Horizon is, say Bring Me the Horizon decides, because after their whole entire thing with uh, over in Europe, say they decide to do a U.S. tour, and they're looking for a band to come along <laughs> with them, and they're looking for a band to match on, especially after what post-human survival horror had in store for us this year, because, yeah. That, they love this album? Oh, God, that thing was incredible. Yeah, I think this is like a, this is the first album. Okay, this is that. It's all the way better than Emma. Oh God, yeah. I I really did not like Amo, and then all of a sudden I'm like, okay, let's see what Post Human Survival Horror has. Looking at the singles, I was like, okay, Ludens, this is what I wish they would have done on Amo. It's on Parasite. Even thinking, oh, this kind of has this like, can you feel my heart kind of vibe? They come out with Obey with Youngblood. I'm like, oh, how's this gonna go? And it went really well. Teardrops reminded everyone of Lincoln Park, and then all of a sudden the rest of it dropped, and everyone's just sitting there thinking, okay, bring me the horizon yeah. went from they band got that back we want- to the roots. They yeah, got back like, to the roots. <laughs> it was like band. We all wanted to potentially forget about to band that might've come out with the best release this year. It all went from that yeah. like real quick, but where we'll I was just- going, I was going to say where I was going with this is say they go over to the U S say they play on, they're playing on tour and they're trying to find openers, say one or two openers for them. And they're trying to find someone that matches the sound that really matches the overall feeling and matches the energy that they would bring to a show. And that could be something that you guys could get on because you guys have that kind of energy. You guys can't have that kind of emotion within your music, especially on Anna as well. So just matching it all together, it's just, there's a potential there for you guys to potentially link up with a band and come over to the United States and tour with them. I'm not saying it's a sure thing, but what I'm saying is there's definitely potential going forward because 
so many bands are going to be touring so many bands will be looking for those opening opener opening acts openers you could potentially link up with that and all of a sudden you could hit 30 or 40 cities here in the u.s it sounds like a dream buddy it was like okay first of all we had to find an engine in america <laughs> that is one thing you'd have to do yeah that's the one thing <laughs> this is a, just a bureaucracy you just can't go to some with you even even if you ever say was saying hi to oliver sykes or jordan fish <laughs> that 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 means nothing that means nothing you know like so it's it's, it's really hard bureaucracy and we never we never had an agent in America. I think that's like a, it's our biggest problem, and that probably probably like a, it's kind of a mistake. We we could never find it. Probably in the future, I hope. Hopefully, in the future. And right now we have a right now we have Warner Music Russia. So this is a Warner Music. It's huge, right? Oh yeah, it's really huge, really huge label. So right now we have like all interesting and possible connections to someone else to to make it happen. Probably would not. Okay, not only with Bring Me the Horizon, you guys have a lot of uh, really famous and big bands we could open for it. And um, I don't know. Right now I'm 28 and I never play shows in America and I can't sleep well with, uh, with it. <laughs> well, you can't, wait, you can't sleep well without playing shows? Without playing shows in America. It's oh, not well. like... A, if 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 I will if if I will ever do this, it's like it will be probably will be um, my kid's success. Like uh, yes, I I did this and I was dreaming about it since uh, I was sixteen. So probably yeah. Well, we got to make sure to get you over here to America and play some shows so that you can start sleeping well. <laughs> <laughs> that right. I'll say, I know what it's like to not sleep well. There's times before I even started this whole entire thing where it was like, just with everything I was going on in life, I'd sleep like, if I got three hours of sleep in one night, that was considered a good night's sleep. Now I'm always sleeping only between like five and a half to six hours a night. Somehow I'm able to continue to keep doing this stuff all like super energetic and whatnot. Still don't know how I do it, but it still is awesome. But when it comes back to you guys, with the fact that you're on uh, Warner Music with Russia, just the fact that Warner Music is a huge thing over here in the U.S. as well. Yeah, you can eat, you can potentially leverage that as well to build connections with different bands in that bureaucratic sense. Yes, I know there's a lot of bureaucracy within the mu music industry as well, where it's like, oh, you got to know these certain people to do this stuff. However, there could be potentially times where, you know, your music can grow and your influence can grow to a point where people can't ignore you anymore because of bureaucratic crap, honestly. Yeah, thanks God that, uh, that we have Spotify in 2020 and we have like this uh, interesting stuff like playlists because uh, you actually can be really famous on Spotify, but you can be absolutely not famous like a band. You know, you notice that because I have I, I've seen a real lot of artists who like have like a million streams on Spotify, but that doesn't mean that this is a great artist because like this is a, not like popular artist or something and this is a this is an amazing it's 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 an amazing absolutely yeah i've actually had a good amount of conversations with people around that where we've talked about uh what was it because we've talked about things where how spotify and how these streaming services and how people try and gain the system and figure out their algorithms in terms of how to grow on those sites where all of a sudden you can find bands on Spotify that have like million, two million listeners a month. But then you look 
at different accounts that they have and it's like they just don't match up like all of a sudden you look at youtube and they have like maybe ten thousand views on their on their music video it's like okay well how do you have two million monthly here but you only have 10 like ten thousand here interesting it's interesting this is a spotify algorithms yeah and you can make like a huge bunch of money on that but it doesn't mean that you're famous (laughs) it's it's, it's kind of weird thing like 50 50 yeah, easily. And I was like, I just wanted to see what it was like with you guys first, because I'm like, okay, I see that again, 192,000 monthly uh, Spotify listeners. I'm like, okay, let's see YouTube right now. Cause I just quickly pulled it up. I'm like, let's take a look at some of this stuff as well. Taking a look at, I'm going to pull up a couple ones specifically as well. Basically event horizon. Cause well, that is my favorite song by you guys. Like I said, I was listening to it a lot and I still am listening to it a lot right now on Spotify in terms of overall streams, as we're making this podcast, 419,000 streams overall. So that is a good significant amount. And then I went over to YouTube to check out the music video for it to see how those numbers matched up. And right now it's in at 277,000 views. So those numbers do match up pretty well to the point where I can tell you guys aren't necessarily gaining the system. But what you guys do is you guys have good music that is resonating across those platforms at the same weight. Yeah, absolutely right. And then also seeing the fact that you had there's a reaction video from Nick Nocturnal for Event Horizon, which I'm gonna have to watch because that dude sometimes goes absolutely nuts. Like if you watch his uh, reaction to Kingslayer by Bring Me the Horizon, one Ali Sykes is his first like deathcore scream, you see him just go, <laughs> and it's just I still remember because I'm like this is absolutely hilarious. But not only look at that, but I pull up Wildways Event Horizon on YouTube, and that's the second view that comes up is a rather bigger reactor in rock and metal in terms of reaction videos on YouTube that is reacting to your video, there's a, there's a big thing right there as well because that's got 37,000 views as well. That means 37,000 people, maybe less because some people maybe watch it a couple of times, but you've got a good amount of people that are fans of what he does that are now getting to know your music. And that guy is primarily, again, an American YouTuber. So a lot more Americans are going to be exposed to your music through something like that. Have you ever seen my collaboration with Nick Nocturnal? I have not, and now I'm trying to find it. <laughs> what? Ah, it will blow your mind, buddy. Um, where is it, and what do I have to look up to find it? Um, um, Nick Nocturnal and Tolly Wild Slavic Metal. <laughs> All righty, let's see. I... Be careful with that. Be careful with that. It's, like, it's kind of viral. <laughs> it was the thing that uh, Nick Nocturnal was asking me, like, Oh, like almost a year was asking me to record the vocals on the instrumental he wrote. And I was like, um, uh, he, he just texted me, buddy. I just kind of like want him like, uh, I want to do a mem, mem song, you know, like about Slavic culture. And I was, wow, you know something about that? And, and he was told me uh, some words, some really truly native Russian words like vodka, Natasha and something like that. <laughs> and for me, it was like, wow, you guys have like a million subscribers on Facebook community watching Slavic memes. Wow. I never heard about that. And yeah, it was a really interesting experience for me. Yeah, that that actually is a thing. And I'm, I pulled up, I'm not going to play it right now because then there'll be a four, four minutes and 21 seconds where we're just going to be sitting here just watching, just going, <laughs> just having fun with it. I will watch it after this. So I have it pulled up on my computer right now to the point where, cause I'm looking at it. So like when Slavic memes meet metal music brought to you with the song Slavic squat made by Nick Nocturnal and totally wild. So it's like, okay, this is definitely what I'm looking for. 
yeah it was really interesting actually actually russian tv russian television was uh showing this video oh really yeah just had no idea why i just never i just never heard something about that and like somebody who just uh posted the story uh tagged me like hey buddy you're on the tv shows right now <laughs> with, with, oh this, with this something really weird kind of stuff also, quick little thing before I continue on the conversation. For everyone watching this or listening, if you want to find that Slavic metal video from Nick Nocturnal and Tolly over here, just take a look at the description of the podcast. I'm going to have that video's link in there so you guys have a quick look at it so you guys can quickly just click, bing, bang, boom, have it set ready to go. But still, the fact that you guys got a Russian TV with that thing, I've, I've still been watching, but I'm like, okay, this makes it even more intriguing. That just adds more lore to it as well. It's like, I got to watch this thing and just see what it ha- has because – I do also like, like I said, I like Nick Nocturnal stuff. Even there's right now, it's like latest from Nick Nocturnal, metal guitarist tries learning math rock, and he just looks like he has no idea what the hell he's doing. So <laughs> I know it's going to be entertaining. I know it's going to be fun to watch, but, and we're talking about like, kind of like having like those Slavic memes in there. Yeah, they do make their way around here. I've been a couple of different like uh, Snapchat messenger groups, Facebook groups, whatever it might be, where people send a bunch of memes and just stuff. And a lot of times there's a lot of Slavic stuff that does pull yeah, up in there. Babushka, what the hell? <laughs> I never heard about that. I never heard of it. I just opened the social communities in Facebook and like more than a million subscribers watching Slavic memes. Like, you know, my favorite one, like um, American grandmother, like, you know, with the white teeth, you know, like uh, looks really good, really well, like <laughs> smiling. And like a Slavic, uh, Slavic grandmother was like, <laughs> like fighting with cops like uh, you know clothes like a not not really super poor has the babushka in the head and everything yeah i was gonna say that kind of reminds me of my grandma in a way my my mom's mom because she was 100 percent. she most yeah i think 100 percent polish so not necessarily slavic but kind of like a similar area where kind of the her style and just the way that she dressed at the same time kind of looked like that as well it's just kind of there's <laughs> There's time where she, like, I remember when I was a kid walking around, like, the grocery store, like, I'm, like, two, three years old. Walk, she's going grocery shop with my grandparents because they're watching us. They're not going to leave us home alone. I'm three years old. I mean, who knows what the hell I would be able to get myself into. Next thing you know, all of a sudden, the TV, I'm ordering HBO because I don't know what the heck I'm doing because I just want to watch SpongeBob, even though I think SpongeBob was out after I was three years old. But going to the grocery store, it's, like, especially in winter, it's, like, looking how my grandma looked, dressed, and acted in a grocery store. It was... <laughs> It would have been perfect for that. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But see, I'm gonna have to find a picture again at some point because I haven't I haven't looked at pictures of my grandma's in a long my grandma a long time. So I'm like, I just want to find a picture of her looking like that. I'd be like, there it is. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. <laughs> no, no, I'm definitely jumping on that Slavic meme thing even more so because I want to check out even more. But I I will watch that video after this because I'll see what you guys come up with on that. Still, I'm I'm. I, I'm I was shooting these on iPhone, just an iPhone. Hey, sometimes, you know, it, the, it, it's better to shoot it and put it out there than to not shoot it and blame it on, oh, we didn't shoot it because we didn't have the right equipment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sometimes that works, absolutely. Sometimes, you know, like that works correctly only in this way. Oh, yeah. Because was... if, if you would film it on like with a, with an amazing and expensive equipment and gear, uh, that's it's tiny, a little bit different effect, you know? Like it's absolutely different mm-hmm. effect. Sometimes it works right exactly yeah. this a great example exactly i'll say a great example of it working right where you're using like it's a cheap camera and just cheap quality to really make something and really bring out that full-on look of it 
and really make it work is take a look at the video for white limo by the foo fighters because it looks like they shot that on like a camera from like the like late 90s early 2000s and like the video is like such bad quality but it perfectly yeah. fits the whole entire theme of what they're doing. And they got this crappy white limo that Lemmy from Motorhead is driving around for no apparent reason. <laughs> and yeah, like- sometimes sometimes you have uh, sometimes you have to create uh, by super cheap and poor way to make it real art, you know? Yeah, it's art can be whatever you want it to be, and sometimes going for the cheaper stuff actually is the right way to go. So it does work out well at points. Yeah. Well, I kind of want to get back in uh, your album a little bit with Anna just so that people can get yeah. a little bit more of a take with it. And <clears throat> when you guys released it, what was the reception initially like from the Wild Ways fans and also from fans around the world as well that didn't necessarily know your band? Um, our fans was really happy about this album. They're still happy right now. Because uh, our previous album was, uh, it was like experimental job, one full in Russian and we just realized that we'll lose some fans we lost some fans in that because um like bring me the horizon you know we we was we tried to make some experimental stuff and we lost some fans because uh, you know fans don't like experimentals uh, at all and our fans are totally happy because uh, this uh, this job sounds all the way more harder and always all, all the way more metal stuff like our previous our original stuff and uh, this is the first album when i could when i would say yeah i was became really mature to create something because like on the previous album we were like kids you know we were like kids and this album we already have a huge experience all over the uh, in, in our entire lives and um yeah i don't know this is this is an album for fans our original fans uh, okay and when you said people like some people didn't necessarily like because it was a little bit more experimental i will say this about it because there are some times where fans it's like they just are like oh we want what we want and that's it and then all of a sudden five years later it's like oh my god that's their best album and it's the one that they didn't like from the outset happened with attack attack all of a sudden you look at bring me their rise and they started out like full-on death chord they went metalcore more hard rock than what they did on ammo and now they went completely experimental with post-human survival horror and everyone loved it with everything that they did on it. So it's going to be somewhere you're going to get that blowback. You're going to get that somewhat resentment from certain people due to the fact that they just don't want change. But after, up, like, yeah. after, after they sit on it for a while, like four or five years, all of a sudden, if you guys did something that becomes super duper popular in the next couple of years, all of a sudden people look, it's like, Oh my God, he, they got it right all along. Well, always had it right all along. And they think it's one of your best albums. I mean, hell, Honestly, me wearing a Falling in Reverse shirt right now actually fits this well because take a look at what Falling in Reverse was doing in 2013. Like, Ronnie Racky was adding raps into the middle of some of his songs and people were like, oh my God, this doesn't work out at all. Then all of a sudden he does it, all of a sudden people start doing it in like 2016, 2017. And then all of a sudden he blows everyone out of the water with Popular Monster. It's like, okay. And it's like, oh my God, he had it right all along. So that will, that does come in time. But at first people are always like mad about it for some reason. It's just... Because it, it doesn't sound the way that you expect it to sound, well, actually dive deeper into it maybe and take a look, take a listen, try and understand what the song is trying to tell you, and then you'll get a different appreciation for it instead of just, oh, I didn't like it when it first started. Now I don't like it at all. Bah. I, I'm not actually, uh, I actually always on the side of these fans because 
you know, like fans love your music. They don't love you personally because you don't know you. Because you, they don't know you personally. Probably sometimes they never seen you personally alive or something. And you have to respect them. You have to respect them because they love your music, not your, not your like uh, artist skills, you know? And this is, a, you have to be really smart to make, a, to make the right transition. I, it's always good to try to, to make any experiments or something, right? But you, you never don't, you never, uh, you have to do not forget about uh, your original people, your original fans who created you, who created you like a person, who just gave you a lot of emotions on the shows, who gave you a lot of feedbacks, emotion and something. And you, you, you will never forget about them. So um, you have to be really smart to make the right transition if you want to put real experiments. And uh, the right way to, it's always try to like experiment, but not too much, you know, like sometimes. Ten a little bit different. Ten a little bit different on the next album. Ten a little bit different on the next next album, and people just uh, just used to just used to this. I I do understand where you're coming from as well. I do like the fact that you say that just like always being connected with the fans and the fact that the fans love you for your music and not for who you are as the person because they don't know you as the person. Absolutely love the fact that you said that. One thing when it comes to experimenting that I'm always a big proponent of is. When bands experiment, there's always this core sound that every single band is going to have, and it's going to be unique yeah. to them. And I always say you can experiment in any different way, but it's, not, it's like if that core sound is there, is there and you experiment off of that, that's where a lot of those like really good experimentation, a lot of those experimentations that not only the artists love, but also that the fans love as well, really work out well. And I know I keep bringing up Bring the Horizon, but I got to bring them up because I think it's absolutely perfect, especially with this one. Look at what they did. Again, Posthumous Rival Horror. Kingslayer, I think, is the perfect example of this where they had baby yeah. metal on that track. And it's like baby metal. One x one. Oh, yeah. One, one, one by one and with Nova Twins as well. That one also works as well. The only reason I was bringing up Kingslayer is because that one is always stuck in my head where you had baby metal on that track where... They don't like they can play off of the harder sound, but they always have this more innate, lighter sound, especially with the vocals, because that's just that's just how they sing. That's just the way it is. And how they ended up matching up with a much harder style, a much more dynamic style from Bring the Rise and Ali Sykes was this faster pace feel to it. But it kind of had that innate hardness in there at the same time as well. So the mix was done really well, but there was a bass there that people could really latch onto with Bring the Rise. It was like this innate anger that was really in the song as well that people really could get into. So that's why that kind of experimentation works because people recognize this is felt like bring me the horizon, but yes. it was something completely different. Yes, that's the key. That's the key. Yeah. So I was gonna say if you when you guys experiment, it's like okay, does this feel like it, does it feel like it's coming from Wild Ways? Does it feel like it's coming from somebody completely different? And if it feels like it's coming from you, but it's gonna have a bunch of different parts in it, then it's gonna be successful because it's people are gonna be able to relate to it and like it due to the fact that they understand wild ways they understand your sound they understand what you are at your core in terms of the music that you make and all of a sudden you experiment with something you try something crazy but you keep that course down there it can work out tremendously and it can be a huge thing not only in increasing your uh basically increasing people liking your band that already like your band like in terms of the overall level that they like it but also increasing the overall amount of people that like your band at the same time yes absolutely absolutely because when I was listening to Anna, I was like, at first I was thinking like, man, this is going to be like one hell of like a fun, heavy metalcore album. But then as it went on, you guys did do some experimenting as well, which I was 
not gonna lie, I was thrown off by, but it wasn't something I was thrown off by, and I was like, uh, push away. I was like, oh, get, I want to hear more of this. Keep it coming. Keep it coming. Because <laughs> even like usually on these podcasts, like I always listen to one song, going deep with it, and that's what I did with Event Horizon, really trying to understand. I mean, like I said, I've listened like thirty times since I first got my hands on it. So, and I'll probably listen to it again like two or three more times. Say that's just the way it's been working. But very rarely do I ever like jump into a podcast like super duper excited to do like a quick summary on a band's album that's just came out or something. I'm always happy to do it, but never to the level that after I heard Event Horizon with you guys. And I did like a little quick summary of it in terms of what my thoughts were of it. And let me tell you, I like I said, I was expecting something harder, something that was going to be really great in the metalcore realm with songs like Everest and Event Horizon. They're fantastic in the metalcore scene that shined in 2020. So they're perfect for it. I absolutely love it. However, we got something that was a lot more than that, where you end up playing around with some more electronic influence there, giving the song some sort of this like space cosmic feel to it, and even playing with a lighter sound at times, and it was much more in line with like a pop punk style, in my opinion. However, you're able to mix many styles together while keeping that slight base of heaviness all the way through the whole entire record, like I talked about, and also the inclusion of multiple songs in Russian and mixing Russian and English. It worked out incredibly well. And this and you guys reminded me of releases that like Fit for a King came out with, Bring Me the Horizon came out with this year, Silverstein came out with this year, rolled into one and even crazier. And I'm an absolute fan of this album. It's one of my best friend bands really making their name in 2020 right now, especially over here in America, or trying to make their name over here in America. So when the video for best albums from emerging bands video comes out on our YouTube channel, will Anna be on that top 10 list? Yeah. Yeah, it will be. <laughs> Thank you, man, so much. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate it. I mean, you actually I mean, the you actually the first guy, you know, like every every week I'm I'm given an interviews by Adam Splitter, right? Yeah. So you're actually the first guy who already said a, a lot of kind words about our release, and it's really really important for me. Like I'm I'm the first guy who said you like uh, before your podcast. Yeah, you are the person who told a lot of words about our our album, Anna. Yeah, and that's and I, the thing is, if I'm gonna talk about your music, I'm gonna talk about it what I think about it. I'm not gonna sugarcoat anything. I'm gonna be completely yeah. honest with what I think of it. Where I have had bands on here where it's like they've sent me some of their stuff, and because it, it was an uh, alt rock band from Italy, they sent me the, the one of their songs, and I'll put it this way: I didn't like it, but it's just because I didn't really care for the style that they went with on that song. I had him on the podcast and we talked about it. And if I don't, if I'm not going to be a big fan of something, I'll tell you, I'll tell you that I'm not, but I'll also give you all the context behind it. So you understand where my mind is, where it's coming from, but I'll also try and think of it as well from, okay, if I'm, if I'm not well-versed in that style of music, I'll try and take a look at it from that side as well and see where I can understand it on that front. This band, they even sent me something a couple weeks ago and they're like, Hey, check this out. What do you think? And I said, well, you guys know I'm going to be honest with you. And first thing is, this isn't going to be a song that's going to be heavy on my listening rotation. It's not going to be on there at all because it doesn't fit with what I like. However, that doesn't mean I'm not going to look at this song in a different way, try and figure out what you're going for and give you an honest look at it. And what they were going for, what I thought they were going for, they absolutely hit. Is it something that I wasn't going to listen to a lot? No. Do I know there's going to be a lot of people that will listen to something like that? Yes. So I'm giving you an honest opinion on it, but I'm going to give you all the context behind it as well. So if I'm going to be positive on an album, yeah, it's because I am positive on that album, like I was with Anna. Yeah, absolutely. You you always have to be honest with everyone. 
Yeah, and if, it, if there was something that I didn't really like about it, like I would tell you what it is, but I would give you the whole context behind it. And it's something where maybe you were trying something different on a certain song. And then I hear about that and I think, oh, okay, now I see where you're coming from. And now I've got a deeper understanding of it. And then, you know, we're sharing ideas. If I'm to be critical of something, it's all going to be in a constructive sense. Yeah, yeah. But when it comes down to when it comes to just having a much more dynamic sound compared to what you guys are talking about with your first time, oh, yeah, I definitely hit it. Like, yeah, this is good stuff. <laughs> and we'll definitely, I'll definitely be pushing it, especially in that video as well. Will, where is it going to end up on the top 10? I'm not necessarily sure yet. I still got to put, I still got to, from shooting this to when that video comes out, I still got to put it together. It is on the list though, in terms of the top, the top 10. So it is on that list. I just don't know where I'm going to place it at the end of the year, where it's going to come out video, but it's going to be out there. You guys are going to get to know about it. If you don't know about it already, you're going to get to hear my full take on it in that video. Same thing with you told you get to hear my full take on it in that video. So yeah, we're going to help push this thing to make sure all of a sudden, you know, once 2021 hits, all of a sudden, more people in America are listening to Wild Ways. That's what we're hoping for. <laughs> American distributor. You, you have to be our agent. What was that? You have to be our agent. <laughs> Promotional agent. <laughs> um, I'll put it this way. If I was in that realm, I definitely might be able to pull something like that off. But I might. I, right now, it's like with the podcast, the YouTube channel, everything I do here with the Core Progression Podcast, MSOTD Rocks, it's all me. I got no help on it. It's all me. So... <laughs> Taking on you, take, be, becoming a becoming like a booking agent or anything like that, and taking guys on might not necessarily be my wheelhouse right now. But then again, who the hell knows? All of a sudden, next year I could be completely different and be yeah. doing something like that. And all of a sudden, I give you a call. It's like, hey guys, you need some help. <laughs> you never know; it could work. Yeah. But as we wrap this up, we've done a little bit more than an hour. Really went in deep with some of the things that I never expected us to, but I never expect to going deep with some of these things in the podcast like what you're talking about with the difference between the russian mindset in terms of culture with music and how it's seen over here in america and how the mixing between the two has given you guys an advantage going through Anna, going through a lot of the stuff as well also slavic memes with nick nocturnal gotta watch that video watch it right after you guys listen to this podcast because after we're done shooting this i'm watching that thing right away and also with anna guys you're going to want to listen to this album, especially, especially, and you got to push it again. Listen to Event Horizon. That song is freaking awesome. So totally. As Actually, we, this is my favorite one. From that's your album. favorite one too? Yeah, yeah. It's both of our favorite ones. So yeah, you're going to want yeah, to listen to it. And we wrote it in, in the last moment in Nashville. Oh, well, actually, really? Actually, yeah, just, just in the last moment. We just was listening to all our demos in Nashville and was like, okay, we need one more song. And we just opened our hard drive to find any interesting riffs and demos. And it was like, wow, this is an amazing atmosphere. Let's do this. So we just created this, this song like, uh, like a day, like uh, two days, probably just literally sitting on the knees, you know? <laughs> I was going to say, when the inspiration hits you guys, you just got to run with it. And it definitely worked out on, on Event Horizon. So before the year is out, though, on the MSOTD Rocks pages, because we always do a song of the day feature every single day. Before the year is out, if you guys forget to listen to Event Horizon, I am not going to let you forget it. It will be featured on there as a song of the day feature before the end of the year because, god damn, is it a good song. <laughs> so, Tully, before we wrap this up, I always like to give you a chance to say any final words on remarks to everybody. So, if you got anything you want to say, anything you want to promote, plug, whatever it might be, take it away. The time is now yours. 
Um, I just would say that that guys just listen to our album, just just listen to our new album out there, all over there, and please make my dreams come true. We'll ever we'll ever play in the United States, please. We just need all the way more fans in the United States right now. So I really I really put a lot of attention on that. Alrighty, that makes sense. Now it's my turn to close this thing out, and we're just gonna make sure you guys do whatever you can do to make Tolly's dreams come true. So. Here's what we're going to do. This is what I want all of you to do. So please listen up. First things first, if you are not following Wildways on any of their social media sites on YouTube, if you're not following them on Spotify or Apple Music or wherever you can find their music and you want to find them, you want to be able to do that, take a look at the podcast description. All the links for anything with Wildways is going to be there for you to like, share, subscribe, all their stuff. Tell your friends, listen to Anna, listen to Event Horizon. Please do get in with this band right now. Make Tolly's dream come true. <laughs> and make Tolly's dream come true by doing a couple of things. One, if you can't, if you have any connection with certain recording groups or bands or whatever it might be, yeah, let them know about Wildways. Let them know about Anna and let's tell them to listen to it. Uh, keep sharing this with your friends. And when it comes to uh, music festivals over here in the United States, if they're going to be stuff like Blue Ridge and ask you for suggestions or Shiprock and ask you for suggestions, make sure you write down Wildways because you're going to want to see them live. And I haven't seen them live yet. I haven't seen any of their live videos, but trust me, just listening to that sound, you're going to want to be there. <laughs> nice. So totally, I do not like ending these podcasts with a full on goodbye because that feels like, okay, that's it. That's over. Never doing this again, because I don't want this to be the only time we either do a podcast together or I see you either virtually or in person. Cause I do want to make your dream come true of being able to play over here in America. And I want to be at one of those shows in order to be in those, one of those mosh pits going absolutely crazy. If I break my nose, I am a okay with it because that's a great story. And I'm going to add you to the specific little list I have, and I call it the first rounds on me club. Basically, it's if I see you live and get see you live, you know, I always want to meet you after the show, get to talk to you personally. And the best way to do that is first rounds on me. So your first drink is going to be bought by yours truly. <laughs> you, you always go to the mosh or standing near the stage? Most of the time, mosh, but that's usually my style. Okay. You have like shorts. Um, I'm. What was that? You dress in shorts for mosh pit. Um, yeah, because it gets hot in there, man. You know, because when we, when we were kids in our hometown, original hometown, brands near the Moscow was like, like you know, like um, hardcore or metalcore shows. It was not like a not common thing, and it was like a probably one in a year, and was like a huge, huge date, like a huge experience, and we trying, and we was like. Uh, was making us ready before the show like till uh, before the weeks you know yeah and it was like okay i'll take my shorts and we'll go to the hardcore show and was like really true. well hope well ho hopefully hopefully when you guys come over to america i'm not gonna say if your dreams come true i'm gonna say when your dreams come true when that happens then you guys get to basically relive that every single night that you guys go on stage sound good absolutely Alrighty, Tilly, again, I do yeah. not like to end these with a goodbye because I have promised to buy you your first drink when I see you guys live. So first round's on me. And I want to do one other one of these podcasts at some point because this was a hell of a lot of fun. So I'm not going to end this with a goodbye. I got to end this with, see you later. See you later. Whoa, 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 folks. That was my interview with Tolly from the band Wild Waves out of Russia. And 
please, please, please listen to that end of the podcast once again because get into this band now. Help them out. Make Tully's dreams come true and help them get to America in terms of playing live shows because, God, I want to see these guys play live. Holy crap. Hell, even if they have made over to America in 2021 and I get to go over to Europe and I get a chance to see them, do you think it would be in the mosh pit for that? Uh, the answer is hell yeah, I am. Why the hell wouldn't I be? Because it's freaking awesome. Also, you guys like the t-shirt? Yeah, Falling in Reverse. Yeah, you guys know I'm a fan of Falling in Reverse. What of it? And that's me for me today, guys. Thank you for watching and listening. I'm going to go watch that Slavic Metal video with Tolly and Nick Nocturnal right now. But this has been the Chord Progression Podcast. Presented on SOTD Rocks, where rock and metal thrive. My name is Kevin, and you guys know how I end every single one of these episodes. The big, healthy, and hearty. See